Hi, I'm Mackin. Do you want to become an expert on panda bears, or flying snakes, or 500-year-old sharks? Then come join me and have a listen to the Species Podcast. Each episode comes with fun stories, like the time an opossum met the king and queen of Spain, or when a bird learned nearly 2,000 words of English. Get all your animal questions answered, like why do beavers build dams? Why are pandas black and white? Did coconut crabs eat Amelia Earhart? Come listen and learn about the most fantastic creatures on our planet. Search Species on your favorite podcast app now. Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 37 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. Thank you for lending me your ears yet again. This episode is dropping on March 5th, and March 7th is National Cereal Day. So I wanted to do a theme about breakfast phrases. I was going to begin with a brief history of breakfast itself, but, and you already know this if you saw my Twitter poll, I found myself faced with a conundrum. There's a ton of information out there about why we eat certain things for breakfast, and I found myself inundated with this newfound knowledge. I wanted to share it because it fascinated me, as does a lot of historical reasons behind stuff, which is one of the reasons I do this podcast. Just to make sure you wouldn't all leave me for doing it, I polled the Twitterverse and got a consensus that doing a special episode about food origins rather than word origins wouldn't run everybody off. Therefore, without further ado, allow me to plate up today's dishes, origins, history, and more. Let's begin the same way you're supposed to begin the day, with breakfast. Why is breakfast considered to be the most important meal of the day? The why for that came long after the when, so let's start with when people began eating a meal every morning. Way back in the old-timey times of ancient Rome, folks thought that eating more than one meal a day was unhealthy. Side note, I now know that I could never have lived in ancient Rome. Anyway, in medieval Europe, most people skipped breakfast, except the daily laborers who ate simple things like bread or maybe cheese, or the rich people who ate whatever they wanted. Native Americans tended to eat many small meals throughout the day, instead of the more modern three square meals a day. Even the colonists typically didn't eat their first meal until after getting up and working for a few hours, and they would usually just eat quickly in order to return to work. So what turned an often skipped or hurried meal into a beloved breaking of fasts? Well, a bunch of us moved out of the country. Like the farmland kind of country, not the nation kind of country. As city living became more popular, the day's work schedule became more set, and therefore the times seen as normal for meals began to become more set as well. The Industrial Revolution in Europe played a big part in this movement to munch every morning as people heading off to work all day wanted something tasty first to keep them going. Now that we have a bit of an understanding as to why we eat breakfast when we do, although let's be honest, breakfast foods are amazing pretty much any time of the day, I think now we should look into why we associate certain foodstuffs with the most important meal of the day. And no, I haven't forgotten, we'll get to why it's called the most important meal of the day in a bit. But first, 
Eggs. I think it's safe to say that one of the most popular and common breakfast foods around is the humble egg. You can fry it, scramble it, boil it, wrap it around other foods to make an omelet, and so much more. The options for how you eat your eggs are vast. So, is it merely their versatility that makes eggs so popular to break a fast with? That plays a big role, sure, but it also has to do with when eggs were most often available in old timey times, in the morning. People would often collect fresh eggs in the morning, so that lended them to becoming a breakfast staple. A Bible scholar named John Rice, and I love that his name is a food, it's so fitting for this episode. Anyway, he wrote about Mary of Nazareth making eggs for Jesus for breakfast, so it's likely that the little oval wonders were already a morning staple by that point, even if the meal itself wasn't as common. And I can't discuss eggs for breakfast without bringing up the most delicious of sizzled meats eggs, good buddy, bacon. Bacon is always appropriate for a plate, in my opinion, but it's definitely one of the kings of the breakfast world. But oddly enough, it didn't find its way onto the breakfast plate, at least not with the popularity of modern times, until the 20th century. And something that surprised me was that we started packing the pork onto our plates early in the day because doctors told us to. Well, sort of. In the 1920s, even though breakfast was becoming more popular, it was often a light meal. Edward Bernays, a public relations guru, was hired by Beechnut, a packaging company that had branched into food production. They wanted to sell bacon, and so Edward managed to get around 5,000 doctors to sign a letter that stated a hearty breakfast was the best breakfast. He published this in newspapers with an emphasis on how the best hearty breakfast was bacon and eggs. And the word spread quickly that you needed more than a few bites to really get your day going. After that, people went nuts for beechnut bacon, and the breakfast colossus was born. But alas, this still isn't where breakfast got its most important moniker. We're getting closer, though, toppers. I promise. Another breakfast staple is the pancake, also known as hotcakes, johnny cakes, griddle cakes, and flapjacks, to name a few aliases of the stacked deliciousness. This fluffy food has been around for a good long while, at least 30,000 years. Or, at least, we know that humans were grinding stuff into flour that long ago and likely were mixing it with water and cooking it on a rock. You know, since frying pans didn't exist yet. So, while it wasn't exactly like the syrup soakers we partake in today, it is believed to be the first foray into flapjackery. In ancient Greece and Rome, pancake partakers tended to top the flat food with honey, while the Elizabethan era brought about toppings such as apples, rose water, and spices. They were most often eaten right before Lent, on Shrove Thursday, also known as Pancake Day. It was a good way to use up the ingredients for pancakes before Lent, during which those ingredients couldn't be eaten. At this point in old timey times, pancakes were still more like flat jacks than flap jacks, and they didn't plump up until the 18th century, when morning meal makers began adding pearl ash, a leavening agent. Since pancakes can be whipped up relatively quickly, they were a great addition to the breakfast plate, allowing people to spend the rest of the day making bread for the evening meal, instead of getting up super duper early to have bread ready for breakfast. Now, of course, I can't discuss pancakes without bringing up their cousin, the waffle. Waffles started as street food in Europe, and as I'm sure you've guessed, 
They were popular in Belgium. Waffles found their way into the homes of hungry early birds when an American inventor named Cornelius Swartwout invented the stovetop waffle iron in 1869. Waffles got even easier to make in 1911 when General Electric made waffle irons electric. Of course, the biggest boom for the waffles for breakfast business happened when things cooled way down, to the point of freezing. Three brothers who got their start making mayonnaise began trying to invent an easier way to waffle. Tony, Sam, and Frank Dorsa first burst onto the breakfast scene with a waffle mix, but it was their frozen waffles that really put them on the map. They called them froffles at first, which was a portmanteau of frozen and waffle. And honestly, I like that name better. But they eventually changed the name to Eggos, because their recipe had a lot of eggs in it. I know, I didn't expect that one either. Alright, before we get into the real meat of modern-day breakfast, let's look into a couple of the most popular ways to wash down our breakfasts. I know that milk is probably one of the most popular morning beverages, but people have been drinking it for an utterly immeasurable amount of time. <laughs> and yes, I just made a joke about cow udders. Let's move on from that. Let's look at a couple more recent additions to the breakfast table. Orange juice and coffee. OJ actually has the flu to thank for its presence by the morning plate. Oranges don't last for terribly long, so if you wanted orange juice in old-timey times, you pretty much had to live around an orange grove. But when French scientist Louis Pasteur did his thing in the 19th century, pasteurization meant that orange juice suddenly could travel a whole lot better. Even so, it wasn't until the influenza outbreak of 1918, which had a lot of people boarding the vitamin train, that orange juice really took off. Now for coffee, also known as the nectar of the heavens. I'm not the only one who calls it that, right? <laughs> okay, sorry, let's continue. Coffee was also not a big breakfast item at first. It wasn't really until the 18th century that it became popular. Before people began beginning their day with a good old cup of joe, they began it with booze, typically wine or beer. Side note, if you want to know why we call coffee a cup of joe, Check out episode 10. Now, coffee, or rather the boost it provides thanks to the caffeine, became popular for breakfast for the same reason breakfast became more popular, the 9-to-5 workday that came with the Industrial Revolution. And while I drink coffee throughout the day, I will agree that that first magnificent sip each day is definitely something worth getting up for. Okay, I think that's enough of the drink. Let's get to why breakfast is the most important meal of the day. To do that, we have to discuss cereal. So, this should be killer. Okay, sorry, that, that sounded funnier in my head. Moving on. Cereal. The varieties are vast. A wide swath of colors and flavors span the aisles of grocery stores worldwide. But just how do we get cuckoo for such great bowl fillers? Like bacon, it started out for health reasons. Unlike bacon, cereal probably had a more legitimate claim to health food status, at least before it became cookies, cinnamon rolls, and s'mores. The cereal wasn't invented just for physical health, though. It was also for mental health. A doctor named John Kellogg, yeah, that Kellogg, decided that a bland diet was the best way to avoid sin, especially, um, carnal sins. I'm trying to keep this clean enough for the little toppers. However, his premise that cereal would make you a better person 
wasn't really all that sound. Even if his late 19th century invention of cornflakes didn't provide the cure he wanted it to, it did lead to a breakfast revolution. At least if for no other reason than making cereal a thing people wanted. Like a lot. Records state that more than 50 tons of cornflakes were sold in their first year. By the turn of the 20th century, the town Kellogg lived in, Battle Creek, Michigan, had around 100 cereal companies. Plus, with the rise of breakfast popularity during the Industrial Revolution, cereal provided the workers with a quick meal in the morning. Now, for the most important part, why is breakfast the most important meal of the day? Because advertisers wanted to sell more cereal. Yep, it all boils down to making a buck. Now, this has nothing to do with whether or not eating breakfast is actually good for you or not. As I've mentioned before, I'm far from a medical professional. I'm merely going to go over the origin of this morning meal slogan. In 1944, General Foods wanted to sell more grape nuts, a cereal which I still don't understand. I mean, they look nothing like grapes and taste nothing like... You know what? <laughs> I'm not going to finish that sentence. You get the idea. Anyway, the advertising campaign was called Eat a Good Breakfast, Do a Better Job. It consisted of pamphlets being handed out that highlighted why breakfast was important, and radio ads stating that, quote, nutrition experts say breakfast is the most important meal of the day, end quote. Again, much like bacon, this was more about selling a product than actually improving health. Cereal also got less healthy because of the almighty dollar. Companies began using cartoon mascots and adding heaps of sugar to entice children to be cerealists about breakfast. Okay, wow, that pun was terrible. I'm actually sorry for that one. So what started as a health movement morphed into a money-making enterprise, and the most important meal of the day designation was assigned to the first meal of the day. Now, since today was a bit of a special episode, and since I really want pancakes now, I'm not going to do a metaphorical moment or a familiar quotation. I hope you enjoyed this little change of pace toppers. And now, to the outro. Then stick around for the blooper reel, called Let Me Rephrase. All right, toppers. Thank you for lending me your ears to turn some phrases, or rather foods, for episode 37. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. You can connect with me and fellow language lovers on Twitter and Facebook. Just look up Turn of Phrases on either site, or go to turnofphrases.com for links and more information. If you want to send me a message or some topic suggestions, you can email me which is brisky at turnofphrases.com, or use my website's contact form. My website also has details about the music I use in the show. If you had a good time listening today, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers. Please pass the syrup. Toodaloo. And now... This is... Let me rephrase. When did the first meal of the... Uh, nope. People would often collect... G greasy. Why did I... Oh. <laughs>
<laughs> I think that's supposed to say fresh. I don't know why it says greasy. Edward Bernays. Bernays? Gosh, I hate names. <laughs> okay. At least three th No, not three th When an American inventor named Cornelius Swartwat... That can't be his name. Cornelius Swartwart... Swartwart... <laughs> I'm sorry, Cornelius. I don't, I don't know. Of course, the biggest boom for waffles for breakfast... But, oh, that's why it's... Okay. Mo nope. Records state that more than 50 tons of corn... <laughs> My notes say born flakes. Wow. Oops. 